Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles. I am Donnie, your host, and with me is a man that says the road to his heart is paved with biscuits and gravy. <laughs> yes, sir. I love me some biscuits and gravy. It's a southern thing, man. You gotta, you gotta have some biscuits and gravy, a little pink piece of sausage, and liver mush, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Bologna gravy. <laughs> <laughs> Damn baloney gravy. All right, what's going on, bud? Oh man, not too much. Rain a little bit. Get in here. I thought we could come in here. We got a we got a big day today. Yeah, this is a very very special episode. Mm-hmm. And Can't wait. We are pleased to have on our show today. Just a little bit of background. Uh, on episode fifty five that we did, it was on Todd Colehip, and he was the guy who went into the Superbike Motorsports and down in Chesney, South Carolina, and murdered four people down there, including Scott Ponder, the owner. And we are pleased to have on our show today the wife and widow of Scott Ponder, Melissa Ponder Brockman. And we really appreciate this. No, it's going to be amazing. Yep. Uh, Melissa, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Hi, this is Melissa. How are you? Hey, Melissa. How are you? I'm doing good. Can you hear us okay? I can. I was going to ask you, do you want me to, um, do you want to, do you want me to do a video no this okay. is fine this is fine if it's okay with you okay i just want i just didn't know what would be best for you guys so yeah we just do mostly audio so this this works okay. for us if it works for you yep we're okay. not we're, we're not near as pretty as you so <laughs> yeah well whatever <laughs> we have a we have a face for radio so <laughs> okay well good <laughs> all right well, i'm not i'm not about my uh, radio voice because I've heard it many times, but whatever. Yeah, it seems like everybody just they don't like their own voice for some reason. I don't know. Right. What it, yeah, I don't know what right. it is. Yes, but, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Okay, and tell me about your show a little bit. Tell me what you guys do. We are a true crime podcast, and we okay. are uh, we're actually just located about 34 miles from chesney south carolina wow okay so this this is why it's local to us we're 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 across the state line in north carolina cleveland county okay i'm sure you you're probably aware of cleveland county shelby yeah very much so so this is where we're at and that's and you know when all this went down you know i followed this case from the beginning to, to where it's at now i'm sure so you know when we did this case on I think it was episode fifty-five. I think. Um, okay. Yeah, this back back last year. I think November. Yeah. Uh, I think the anniversary of his incarceration or something like that or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was intrigued with this from the get-go, and you know, and your story too, and yeah. what what you've had to go through, and oftentimes, you know, us podcasters, you know, we cover cases that, you know, we cover serial killers, murderers, disappearance, right. disappearances, and things, and we. And I'll be the first to admit, we often neglect the victims and those affected by these crimes. Yeah, I, I think that's just, that's human nature, though. I mean, that's like, yeah, you feel for them, but you don't really know what's going on behind closed doors with them. Exactly. No one really ever does. And that's basically why we wanted to interview you, and we really, really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. No, it's no problem. Everybody's been so, if I had had a different experience with all this, I might have, you know, felt differently. But, you know, for the most part, the media and um, just like all the people I've dealt with have been super, I mean, super, super good to me. And so, you know, I've I've always been very forthcoming about (laughs) all of it. 
Yeah, I've, I've seen many interviews with you and read many interviews, and you are so upbeat and so. I don't know how. Oh, you, I don't. You. I don't know how I you. I hope people see that because that really is me. That really. That's not a show. That really is me. I'm a happy person, and I. Um, yes, as hard as it was to regroup after this, you know, I. That's just my personality, and I did not want somebody else taking that from me. So mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. how you, the how resilient you were, and you know, like you said, bounce back and. Everything. Well, it wasn't totally pretty, but. <laughs> but you know what. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, it, it was. It has been a very crazy life. <laughs> yeah, is there is there anything you want to know about our podcast? Anything? Because I know you hope you host a podcast as well, and I've listened to a few episodes, and it's pretty good. Oh, okay. I was actually listening to one of my own today, and I hadn't listened to it yet. I, I did this <laughs> pod. I did this podcast like back in October, maybe November. It's with this group called Widow We Do Now. Mm-hmm. And it's like a widows group, and you know, one of the um, one of the ones that conducts all of the podcasts. She had come across just something that I had posted somewhere, and you know, she's like, "Oh my gosh, I want to interview you." And what was supposed to be like a 30, 45 minute podcast ended up being like two hours. Oh wow! And she, she said, "I had no idea when I asked you to come that there was all this stuff behind all this. I didn't <laughs> know. I'm so sorry." <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's okay. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Just uh, but getting into you know like Todd Colehep. I mean, did you ever have you ever heard of him before all this went down or know of him in any way? Never. That that is not a name that I was familiar with at all. Just like you know when they first came in and started diving into this, they asked me, you know, are there any customers that got discussed that he was skeptical of or you know made him nervous and I said not at all like we didn't and he would tell me you know stuff that like if somebody weird came down there or he had you know like a weird exchange with somebody or he would you know he would tell me about it and just kind of make you know make light of it but no this guy was not on my radar at all Mm -hmm. um although he should have been on law enforcement's radar he should have been right yeah we were wondering since he they made him out to be like the big realtor and all if he had like billboards around town or something like that you know or like uh those benches in front of the stores and that that type of stuff you know if you right right yeah we just didn't know if you'd you know seen him on anything like that you know being a realtor so that's i well, it's ironic because, and you guys probably in, you know, studying up on this particular case know that, first off, he's my age. Mm-hmm. He, um, and was here in Arizona at the yeah. same time I was and, you know, committed that rape and then served time. That was while I lived here, which wow. is so weird because that's, yeah. you know, just so close. <laughs> yeah. And then close here too. That's crazy. That's weird. That is so weird to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. When he... Was at the shop, you know, it was reported that he, you know, Scott and Brian were like making fun of him or. Right. Um, you know, ju- to me, I've heard, <clears throat> I've heard many ways on this. And, you know, to me, that was just shop talk. Oh, for sure. In fact, I think when I kind of got the backstory with him and how he felt he was being treated. And then I. And, you know, again, I, I'm not trying to knock whatever was he was feeling at the time. But the thing is, is that whole environment was nothing but just like a big boy 
Of course. It was a lot of messing around and a lot of joking and a lot. I mean, that's really all it was. And so people hung out down there because it was to get a feel for that. And even me, I mean, I loved being down there. It was fun. And so when I heard that that was his reasoning and that was, that's what was going on with him. I, I mean, honestly, it just took me back to all of my exchanges down there. And it was <laughs> that that says a lot about him, though, and maybe his lack of maybe social etiquette and knowing, yeah. again, not making anything right or wrong, but just him not being able to. I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe overly sensitive. Sounds that like type of crowd. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because you know, let's just from like from factory work and that kind of stuff. You just used to right. busting each other's balls. It's just fun, you know. Totally. And that that is a motorcycle deal. That that's honestly that's a dealership mentality. Right. Yeah. It's just yeah. fun. You know, that's sad to me that he wasn't able to to join in. Really. And, well, enjoy <laughs> that that experience. Yeah, because most yeah. of the time, you know, if, if you're giving it, you can take it good as you can give it, and that's the whole oh, part of it, you sure. know. For sure. Yeah, because I know me and Dale here, we were talking off the air a little bit ago, you know, before you called and, you know, it was like want to trade a bike out that I couldn't handle. You know, if they give me a hard time, I'd, you know, I'd say, hey, I'm a wimp. I can't handle it, you know. <laughs> you expect to get it. You know? Give me one with training wheels. <laughs> oh, no, honestly, I I think they were only doing that for his benefit, not because he did. I mean, he had yeah. been buying a very high-powered bike and he wasn't a rider yet. And yeah. so, I mean, honestly, I don't think Scott wanted um, – the liability if somebody were killed on a bike that they had no business being on exactly (laughs) now when do what go ahead oh i was just gonna say i mean i think that you know to me it's so sad that here we are you know talking about this because of somebody's inability to know when somebody was being you know funny right and no that's bad to me very, yeah, very it's sad. Just overly sensitive and just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's odd to me because I don't think that way. Yep. Now, when, after this went down, Melissa, how did, well, I know your current husband, he's in law enforcement, correct? Right. He's a lieutenant for the sheriff's department out here. Okay. What's his take on how law enforcement out here handled the case as far as detective work? When You know, as funny as it is, because him being married to me, you would think that he would be able to to separate the two and in in some ways he is but i will say he has never he's never thrown them under the bus and i think you know that's law enforcement mentality like i do feel in his heart and truly in mine too they wanted to solve this this wasn't something they were um you know hey let's bet on this for 13 years and then let's miraculously you know, I, in my heart, I don't feel that way. I feel like they wanted to solve this just as much as anyone else because they had this hanging over their head for a long time. Yeah. And it did not make them look very good. So, again, I, even with all the mistakes that were made in this case, you can't tell me that anybody down there was purposely sitting on this not wanting to like there's no way was there some shoddy detective work or police yes and i do think that happens in every law enforcement agency though well especially in a small community and something like this happened i'm sure it was way over their head was over i think it was a little over their head oh yeah most definitely i mean well a little it it was a lot over (laughs) this wasn't something that they were used to right and so 
you know, again, it, I, I don't want to knock them, but I will tell you, my husband, when they called and broke the news, he was crying not just for me, who was crying. He was actually crying for them as wow. well. Mm. Like, he just thought, what a relief for this law enforcement agency that's, you know, been all over the news and had so many bad things said about them. And he's like, this much, this must be such a relief for them. Yeah. And see stuff like that. That's, that's really cool. Cause nobody would think like that. You don't mean, no, you know, I mean, the general I, public's not going to, he could understand it. Right. He's done, um, you know, missing, missing people, sex crimes, um, drug, drug enforcement. Like he's done all of it. He's done homicides. He's, he's done it all. And so, yeah, it was a big deal for him. And too. I'm sure that's part of the brotherhood. You know how somebody feels, especially yes. a missing person or that kind of thing. And just something that he yeah. said that you never solve and it's just right. on and on and on well, and on. Well, and that's the thing, too. My husband worked for a much larger, we're like the second largest sheriff's department in the country. <laughs> so oh, it's wow. a big one out here. It's, I guess it's right behind L.A. County, mm-hmm. I think. But it's big. It's mm-hmm. big. So in, so. The, in the wake of their investigation, you went through... <laughs> you went through a pretty hard time. You went through some shit. Let's just break it a down. A little bit of hell. <laughs> yes. A little bit of hell. Yeah. The- um, yeah. That was um, that was a very, very tough experience for me. I thought truly burying Scott was the hardest thing I'd ever been through. But I'm going to tell you right now, the stuff I went through with, you know, the mix-up of DNA and the accusations and the that... Honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. That Trump's bearing, Scott. That was so hurtful. Yeah. And some of the things that were a result of that are even, I mean, more so hurtful. There's things happened that, you know, some people know about, some people don't. But, you know, his grandmother died in the middle of that mix-up. A grandmother that I was super close to. She lived right across the street from the shop. Um, My son, who's now 16... He was the only living descendant of Scott and then his grandmother. He was the only one left. And because when when she died, she thought that wasn't her real great-grandson. She left all of her property and family stuff to a sister she hadn't talked to for like 15 years. Wow. So she left it to her sister. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And it- a whole other side of the family that wasn't really part of that ponder um, land and all that stuff, which... You know, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't, out in the South, it seems like that's a really big deal. You know, the family property, the family, um, and, and I get all that, that's, you know, but that's not something I was willing to go in and fight for. I just, in my heart of hearts, I knew once she died, she knew the truth. Right. I knew she knew that. I, that was enough for me. I didn't need to prove anything to anybody. I mean, I had a few attorneys contact me and say, hey. You know, this will, it's based off of false information. And I'm like, you know what? At the end of the day, it's okay. I'm capable. My son will be provided for. It's not that. Yeah, right. We don't need, it's okay. Sister can look herself in the face and be okay with all this. I can too. It's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, but yes, boy, I learned a lot through that. I was, I was treated pretty badly at her funeral because at the time nobody knew. That's awful. The truth. Um, Scott's ex-wife was actually treated a lot better than I was. Man. It was like I was some stranger inside. It was really weird. It was just a weird time. Yeah, and just to give a little backup on that, the, the story is they had the the DNA samples were switched up, and they were accusing you of having an affair because they didn't think your son's DNA and your husband's DNA was the same, right? 
correct. That yes, that is what happened. I um, the the one of the other mitigating factors of that is how it all started in the first place. Is they had gotten a call that Scott was sterile and not even able to have kids, and that was a, you know, that was a lead for them. And I'll be honest, that's partially true. Practically sterile. That is true. Um, and I had yeah. endometriosis. We had to have help from the doctor to get pregnant in the first place. So when that all went down and they were saying, hey, that's not his son, I'll be honest, I wasn't thinking not even a little bit that I was involved in this. I instead was thinking, oh, my gosh, I got the wrong sperm. Oh, wow. Mm. That's what I was thinking. That That's where I was going with it because I was freaked out. Like, well, whose baby is this? It's half mine, but who else is? You know, that's what I was thinking. And I'm like, I'm not giving this baby to anybody. <laughs> this is my baby. But that's where I went with it. But, you know, for them, they're thinking, well, she had an affair and she and I no, I was I got really nasty with them, which, you know, hindsight, that was me just protecting myself. But when they accused me of that, I told them that I was done being forthcoming with them. I was done giving them everything. They, I had let them come into my home and tear it apart. Computers, um, our safes. I let him go through everything. Every card he ever sent me. I never made them get a warrant because there was no reason. I wow. had nothing to hide from them. And so I let him come in and tear up my house. I didn't really care. I just wanted them to find out who had done this. Right. And so, yeah, that was just such a slap in the face to me because I thought, wow, I have literally given them everything and they turn around and do this to me. I was actually on my way to have his body exhumed. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got a call from them, I was going to get a court order to have his body exhumed so that we could conduct a, a private DNA test. Because again, I was, could not believe, I could not believe it. And so the sheriff's department called me and said, don't do that yet. Um, we, there's something that's just not, something's not adding up here. We need to figure out what's going on. And that's kind of how they stopped me from having his body exhumed. But yeah, they, the, the way they figured it out is, um, they did a DNA test with Scott's mother and him between their two DNAs and it did not match up. And so they did one with the other two people, Brian and Chris, who were also there. And when Brian's DNA matched up with Scott's mother, they realized they had mislabeled just the blood at the coroner's office. Mm. So by this time, you're a, you're a victim on both sides because you, oh, you've lost God. him and now you got everybody in the community looking yeah. at you sideways. Well, and I mean, I, I have to say, I kind of, I, I tactfully retaliated a little bit because <laughs> I have a good relationship with the news out there. Um, I feel friendships with a lot of the people out there. You know, they're some of my good friends now. And I called one of them, I want to say I called Amy Wood channel seven and just let her know like hey this is what went down and they actually ran that as a top news story and the sheriff's department ended up apologizing to me on the news well they should have exactly well i just felt like that was the only way to clear everything up because they didn't want people thinking that right um that's the last thing i wanted anybody to think when he died our marriage was very intact (laughs) we were very in love we were newly pregnant i mean that that was hard. So that was a very hard thing. The photo that they had with you and his friend or whatever on the back porch, right. what, did they yeah, find out when they was going through your house? Is that how that came up? I don't even know where that came from. It seems like they might have been out in the bushes. <laughs> and, uh, we were like on the back deck talking, which would not have been abnormal. Daniel came over a lot. 
he was one of Scott's good friends. And right. he's from um, he's from Switzerland, I want to say, and and not anybody that would ever be of my interest to be nice. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but. Um, when they showed me that picture, I mean, I just started laughing. I'm like, you've got to be kidding, right? So, so between, really? I guess, between the photo and, and the call from the ex-wife or whatever, that's what set them in that direction? Yep. That mm. is what, yeah, that's what uh, made me a suspect, yes. Mm-hmm. And you thought they were calling you back into the law enforcement center just to say, hey, we found a lead on this, but they... I was, yep. Blindside. Honestly, honestly why I went back in there, and I was actually... Kind of, kind of nervous, you know, getting in there like, oh my gosh, they might know who did this. I'm going to find out. And <laughs> that is not at all what I was expecting. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really crazy. It, it changed my relationship with them tremendously. Oh, I'm sure. I am sure. I mean, I didn't, I didn't cut them off after all was said and done. No, I didn't sue them. Yes, I could have. I had attorneys uh, contact me about that. I'm like, no, I don't want. To, I just want this solved. I don't want to cut off my relationship with them. I don't. I don't want their money. I just want this solved. Absolutely. So it's like 13 years passed by. Did uh, law enforcement? How often were they in touch with you? You know, over those. You know, I would about yearly and it was usually just around the anniversary like hey we're thinking of you and and, you know so like when that 13 year one rolled around it wasn't surprising to me that I was hearing from somebody you know just I would say probably the last six or seven years it was just kind of a few and far between like a little text message here or a phone call like how are you doing that's really kind of what it kind of boiled down to at the end there Mm mm-hmm yeah, so nothing too too crazy. So you wouldn't you wouldn't expecting anything then. You just you know no. just a, oh no. Yeah. I was watching the Kayla Brown thing unfold on TV from Arizona. I knew that was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, not even a little bit did I think it had anything to do with me though. I was watching it like days before I got the phone call, and I just kept thinking, oh my gosh, that poor girl, hmm. you know, out here and. And that I, that, that's really all I was thinking. I'm like, that's crazy that that's right there, you know, in my old area. Yeah. And just it didn't didn't even dawn on me at all. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I know. So the first time how it all came together. The first time you saw uh, Cole Hep was on the news, wasn't it? Correct. Yes. What were your? I pulled him up and like actually screenshot his mugshot. Um. Because I, my son was at a friend's house that night, and I wanted to go sit down with him and talk to him after they had told me what was going on. I wanted to break it to him before he heard it from anybody else. Wow. I can't even. You give me chills. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, I have a picture. It's crazy of me. Somebody took a picture from behind. I have my arm around him, and I'm showing him the picture. Just kind of, yeah, it's just, it is. It's pretty crazy. The ironic thing about that particular day, um, I, he, he was in art. He was in junior high at the time. And mm-hmm. he was in art. And the teacher had asked him to draw a picture representing his life with just a bunch of abstract things on this picture. And so he um, drew pictures of like, news cameras on there 
he drew pictures of like this angel looking figure said that was his dad you know looking over him the news cameras because we'd done so many news interviews there was some dollar signs in that um and then the, he had the number oh and then he had like pictures of faces like poking and peeking at us people just kind of watching us all the time you know right. <laughs> and then he had the numbers one one three written on this and so I asked him, and this was before any of this went down. I asked him, what does 113 represent? And he said, oh, I don't know. I was just literally filling in space, and that's the number that came to mind. And so I posted that, like, on Facebook one day, and this was after it was solved. And somebody um, messaged me and said, you know, Caleb Brown was found on 11-3. And I wow. thought, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that that's something that gave me the chills, actually, because he had no idea why he put that there. He said, I'm just filling in space. And um, when somebody pointed that out, I thought, you know, that makes all the sense in the world. Wow. Um, I know, as crazy as that is, but I think that sometimes, you know, that's like little bits of our intuition yeah, that... coming out and telling us things that may not make sense to us. But that was his little, that was his little thing. <laughs> Yeah, you literally gave us cold chills over here. I've never heard that oh, before. Yeah. That is that is so crazy. I know. Now, you're talking about Kayla Brown. Um, right. And there was uh, an interview you gave a while back about the reward money. Right. You know, you know she basically solved this case for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not, it wasn't like great, great detective work or anything. Solving yeah. <laughs> our crime. Now, maybe finding her, yes. Did she ever receive yes. that reward money that you know of? Yes, they gave it to her. Awesome. Yeah, I'd never been able to find that anywhere. I didn't know she'd got they that. They did. She was given that. Yes, she was given that reward money. Um, and, you know, again, whether or not, you know, because there's some people that were kind of vocal and didn't agree with that. And I just thought, you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm of the, the belief i don't care what you've done in your past i don't care what led you to where you are i i feel like you know everybody makes bad decisions we all sometimes suffer more for them than others mm -hmm. and i just you know again because she was found alive i felt like she needed it well really i mean you know Two months in a metal container in the summer in South Carolina, um, yeah. <laughs> not uh, to mention I mean, yeah, all everything sorry. else that happened, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, there's so many conspiracy theories out there about how, you know, she helped him. She was helping. Like, I've heard it all. And, <laughs> and part of me is just like, you know, <laughs> no matter what went down, she was found alive. Yes. Because of that, I have my answer. That's right. And, and nothing else really matters. Has she not ever been found? I would still be in the dark. That's right. Yeah. He'd still be and doing whatever he's doing. that's how I look doing. at that entire thing. Mm. Yeah. Now, <laughs> you were here just recently. I think it was 2019 with the out here for the wrongful death suit. Is that correct? Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. What I've seen videos, and you were so emotional in the courtroom. I can't even imagine. I, I, was, I was way more emotional, actually, than I thought it was going to be. I had... Um, we do come out, we come out about twice a year. And um, so that was just gave us, a, it gave us a good reason to be there. But um, yeah, I had kind of been waiting for that moment where I could sit in front of him and actually address him. Um, but before I did that, I wanted to make sure that I knew that I had all my information. 
I wanted to make sure I had his background, that I had um, everything I, I could know about him. And, and that involved like reading through his psychological evaluations as a child, um, after he was arrested out here in Arizona. Um, I went through a lot of research and I wanted to kind of form um, what I was gonna say to him just off of off of that. And so I um, put my thoughts together after reading his background and all the stuff he went through. And, you know, it really, really changed the the way I was going to approach him. And I will never, ever, ever condone anybody taking another's life. There's no excuse. I don't care who you are, what has happened to you. I, it, there's just no reason for that. Mm-hmm. Now, um, but just after seeing some of the terrible childhood that he had, he was discarded by his own mother. You know, she moved around with a lot of different men in her life, um, sent to his grandfather's, was in a locked up in a behavioral health facility at like, I want to say it was like nine years old. Nobody visited him. I mean, there was just so much in his history. And again, while I don't condone and will never what he did and what he took from me, I see where his mentality came from. I see why he had, didn't have just like that peace in his heart that a lot of us do have and that he had no regard for just a lot of, you know, like human emotion. It's, it just, I, I could feel it and I could. Um, and so, you know, I wrote my little thing out and when I got in front of him, I just, this is going to sound so weird. I just wanted to hug him and say, I am so sorry for everything that you went through because no child and person should go through something like that. It doesn't excuse that you took the father of my child and the grandmother of, of, my son away yeah. um, but I'm so sorry that you went through what you went through and that you really it, it seemed like never have had like an unconditional love in your life and that's sad to me that's yeah. so sad and that was very classy on your part I mean I, I've watched that and I'm like Melissa's got a heart of gold to be able to look at her husband's killer sitting right across from her and to look at him and forgive him of something like that you know, because I can see so many people, you know, wanting the death penalty, wanting to, oh, yeah. you know, just oh, holding yeah. on to the rage. Yeah, the oh, rage. Yeah. Yeah. But you seem to have let that go. Oh, I had to, because had I not, I'm, I'm raising a, a son and I don't want him to think this world is a terrible place to be. Because even with all the crap, there are so many beautiful things about um, life in general. And I just... I felt like I can't, I think that's one of the reasons Scott was attracted to me in the first place is because I, I do have a really positive outlook on life. I, I like waking up every morning. I like seeing what the day is going to bring me. I like feeling, I mean, right now I teach sixth grade social studies. I love going in. I love seeing those kids. I love, you know, and the more you hang on to hatred towards somebody, I feel like it affects your physical appearance it affects your inner appearance that that comes out and i i'm just not willing yeah and i'm sure seeing scotty every day would oh i know would uh 
would build on that, you know, some, yeah. you know, how do I want to act in front of my kid? How do I want right. to, to show my well, kid the proper road to take? He was right. the one that was most vocal about the death penalty. He said, I don't want, I don't want to um, pursue the death penalty with him, mom. I said, okay, why? And he just kept saying, well, just en- enough people have died here. Why are one, why are we going to kill somebody else? And that's kind I of, said, yeah. okay, I agree. I said, I, I love your thinking and I'm, I'm happy that you feel that way because that's how I would want you to feel. I think that's how your dad would feel. Yeah. yeah. Good kid. I mean, I, I really do. I, I truly think that, you know, me forgiving him and apologizing for whatever he felt like, I think that's definitely what Scott would have wanted from me. Yeah. I really feel that way. Sounds like you've done an amazing job with your son too. I'm trying. <laughs> He's 16. It's kind of a crazy time right now. It's fixing to be some some trying years. I'll go ahead and tell you that. Well, you know what? He's a good kid, and I cannot I cannot complain. Where you know some parents might be dealing with you know I don't know drugs or bad grades or whatever. I am not dealing with that at all. Great. No, I'm dealing with the normal teenage boy, uh, like, um, don't talk that way to me. Say you're <laughs> sorry. Um, no, don't act like you're entitled. You're not. Just because um, you're taller than me. That's the only thing. That's the only thing I really deal with. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's awesome. He is a really good kid. And, you know, the nice thing is that he looks so much like him now. It's crazy. He didn't when he was little, but the older he gets now, it's almost um it's almost like looking at him it's a mirror image it's crazy and he probably sounds like scott too he does and he has it yeah he does and it's funny like he'll be just sitting like with some shorts on with his legs crossed and i swear if i didn't look up and look at his face i'd think i'd just looking at his dad it's just funny like he's built like him he's tall he's thin um he can eat you know, 40,000 calories in a day and it doesn't affect his stomach. Um, I mean, I don't know. He's just him. He's him all over again. And it's funny. Now, uh, last year, I think it was in August, uh, some of Cohep's belongings went on auction. Right. uh, And they said the proceeds went to some of the victims and families. Uh, Did you get any of that? Were you able to? You know what? We're actually still waiting. We got one cut of um, some of it and we're still waiting on the remainder and I do think that some of it might be I don't know if it's tied up in litigation I don't know we've I've never been of the mindset that ooh, we're expecting all this money I you know I my my mentality with all of that was I just didn't want him to be able to dictate where any of his money went right and that's all. That's that was just the thing. I would rather have you know, like we could have donated it to whoever. I don't care. But, and I had even said if I end up with a five dollar check, you know, I will run to McDonald's and grab a Coke and call it good and say we won. You know, <laughs> yeah. like I don't care. Um, I money's not a driving force for me. It's it causes a lot of problems. <laughs> right. I've found out through the years. And so um, yeah, it was really just about. That making sure that money didn't go to him or anybody that he dictated. Exactly, and it did help some of the you know some of these victims and families. Oh yes, no, I mean I know Caleb Brown got a a pretty large lump, a 
front and then the rest of it was just split between the rest of us and like i said we're actually still waiting Mm -hmm. on our second disbursement and i have no idea when that will come and you know again it it wasn't like a huge sum it's not not a life-changing sum i want to say like both my son and i each got like around a maybe like an eight thousand dollar check the first and he um and i told him Scotty, I said, look, I actually want you to take this and do whatever you want with it. I'll put it in the bank. It it has to go through me, obviously, but, you know, I want you to do what you want with this. So he, as a teenage boy would, he went and got the most recent uh, Apple iPhone. I don't want, I don't know what he paid for. (laughs) Like 1200 bucks. It was something crazy, which I'm like, of course he did. And then um, his school his high school sponsors these overseas trips every year and he wanted to go, which he would have gone this March, but they postponed it a year till next year because of COVID. But he next year, and he's completely paid for it already. He's going to London, Barcelona and Paris on a school sponsored trip for like 10 days next spring break. Awesome. And so I actually was impressed that that's something that he wanted to do with it. So he put in some money and then my husband and I actually paid for the other half. And then he had quite a bit of money left over even after that. And I just said, you know, this is just for you. Just you need to talk to me first. And then (laughs) I feel like this is an okay thing. Then, yeah, but, you know, I like I said, it wasn't life changing money. Yes, it's going to give him an opportunity to do something that's pretty cool. Yes. Um, We'll never forget. Yeah. Yeah, I love him. I really do. Most definitely. Yeah. Well, is there anything, Melissa, you want to add to all this? Because, I mean, uh, you know, like, like we said, we can't imagine the ordeal you went through from the time of Scott's murder up till, you know, just a couple of years ago. I mean, it had to be, it had to be so many ups and downs. Oh, there's, I mean, tons. I think that, again, like we talked about, you don't really see what, um, how somebody's life changes you initially see the sadness like for instance on the news you see some poor soul who has lost somebody to a drunk driver or either or even a murder or even and you sit there and you think oh that poor soul or that poor family you really don't know how much their life has changed overnight i mean in the blink of an eye you don't think about all of the things that have gone down behind their closed door and some of it is so devastating that you can't, I mean, I, I it, it's, it's sometimes it's just like hard to bring to words, but I lost um, somebody that I was completely in love with. I really, really thought I was going to be in Chesney for the rest of my life. I was going to die there and yeah. I was going to raise my kids there. And, you know, it changed, I mean, it changed everything for me. I have no... Um, I have no ill, sad feelings at all towards the South. I love it. We we truly do. We try to come out there every chance we get. We really do. My son is so drawn to the South. I will not be surprised if he attends college out there. I won't. Um, He finds reasons to come out there. I just sent him a couple of weeks before Christmas, actually, this past year. We were there in um, October for a week. We went out there and I took my boys to Savannah where Scott had proposed to me and 
we stayed in a bed and breakfast out there. And then, you know, we went to the Biltmore house because Scott and I had spent like a New Year's Eve there. Like I just went and toured them around and showed them all this, you know, fun stuff and did. And then while we were there, he said, I really want to come back. I really want to come back. And so I made arrangements so that he could go back and just stay with all of our friends for like five days, I want to say, a couple of weeks before Christmas, maybe the week before Christmas. And they just wined and dined him out there. He's like, <laughs> their, little cele- he's like their little celebrity out there. So he loves he loves it. He um, will probably be out there again this summer. Um, he just, that's, I think, where he feels, I don't know, he just feels at home out there. We should. And I love that. <laughs> and I don't want him to not because I, I love that for him. Yeah. So, so I guess your family relations, uh, you know, with like the grandmother and all that, I mean, never, I guess everything's kind of repaired now after all that. Well, miss or no, I mean, I've never like his grandmother passed away. Right. Um, I don't have a relationship with the sister that she left the money with. I've actually, I had sent her a few Christmas cards in the beginning. I didn't want her to think I had anything against her cause I don't. Right. <laughs> um, I'm still, you know, totally in contact with um beverly's husband who you guys probably know was not scott's father yeah because that's a whole nother podcast (laughs) (laughs) um and so yes i mean like we yes we see them um and then also you know it's funny i mean there's just really close family friends that are out there that we just we just consider our family i mean there's people out there that i they're some of my closest friends. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I know, yep, we love it. I know when me and Dale were talking, I guess his biggest question was, you know, has that, you know, family relationship been repaired since everything's been solved and everything's been taken care of? Has it been, you know, repaired? I guess. Uh, it, it, it's funny that you, because, you know, there were even a couple of relatives that I think at the time really did think I had something to do with this and didn't know what to think. And, you know, I've discussed this before. This is like criminal justice 101. You do start with the wife. Let's be honest. Absolutely. (laughs) And you start in that close inner circle and you move your way out. And I know that. And I never even had a problem with that. You know, it was okay with me that that's where they started. Mm -hmm. Um, I just wanted them to get, over me and then finally get out there and find who it was and unfortunately i feel like there was a lot of wasted time a lot of wasted time on you yeah (laughs) yeah totally which killed some probably really really important time during that you know that whole scenario and so but you know what yes we have prepared that like i said there's a couple of family members that thought and and i that's all gone i mean i have no ill will towards any of them because had I been in a different situation and I was looking in on that, wondering maybe I would have felt the same way right. about me. I don't know. Yeah, but the way they I'm twisted not, it, you don't I, know. I don't relish in it. I'm not concentrating on it. It's just, it. I again, I refuse to let any of this dictate my daily life. I, we, I won't. We can tell you're a special kind of person, too, just well, the way you nice. think, you know. <laughs> I mean, really. You're nice. There's a lot of people would 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 not let stuff like that go, you know, and they would just let it eat them up. I'm kind of the I kind of preach that even to the people that have some of the most bitter of hearts. I tell them, don't let this dictate your life because you're the only person that that you're killing it. Don't do it. Right. Like you're giving them so much power over you, and 
you have to stop. People can't. Uh, some, some people don't understand that, you know. No, I I agree. Um, my life, it was life changing for me to look at him and tell him that I didn't hold anything against him and that I was sorry, you know, for whatever he felt and that his behavior and his actions pretty much are going to dictate what happens to him for the rest of his life. I don't need to do that. So, so what was his, what was his reaction when you, when you did that? You know what? His when I walked by, he um, put, kind of put his head down and I, you know, I think that he looked at me very intently while I was talking to him. I mean, we locked eyes a lot. And I think that's why I was so emotional is because I was just looking at this poor, and I say poor, soulless man who almost didn't know how to feel, you know? Right. And that's the part that just made me so sad. I, somebody that doesn't know how to feel, doesn't have those normal human emotions. That's a sad, sad thing for me. Missing out on so much. Yeah, I'm sure he was taken aback by that because I'm sure he was not expecting that at all. Well, I kind of wanted to catch him off guard. I'm sure you did. I didn't want to go up there and say, I hate you and mm. you're a scumbag and I hope you burn in hell. And I, Because there are some people that feel that way and I'm yeah. okay with them feeling that way. That's just not the way I feel. Mm. And someday... And, you know, and maybe you'll be surprised by this someday. You, I don't know, maybe not. Uh, Lorraine Lucas and I, we have talked about going to see him someday. Oh, wow. I'm not sure when that'll be. I mean, we've, we've kind of, you know, just discussed it a mm-hmm. little bit. And, um, and really just to check in on him. And, you know, I, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, that's something we have talked about. I can't imagine. Yeah, you, you you have floored me so many times today, <laughs> telling me stuff that I mean I. I'm not trying to. I'm being truthful. No, but I mean seriously, the 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 things you've done and and the grace you've shown and. They say be the bigger person. You're definitely you <laughs> definitely took the high road, Melissa. Yeah. Definitely well, took the high road. I appreciate that, and I'm glad that people. I didn't do it, you know, for any type of praise or any type of. It's just the best way I was taught. And, yeah. You know, I grew up with some pretty amazing parents and, um, you know, I just, I just was taught you forgive people yeah. that have hurt you and who knew I would be hurt this, you know, tragically, but yeah, I was taught forgive. Um, and that really the only person that can pass judgment, it's not me. <laughs> and so, um, I have to forgive and move on. Yep. That's the only way you can find peace. That's for sure. I agree with you. Most definitely. Yeah, so anybody that anybody that is affected or hears any part of this, I'm telling you right now, it's forgiving other people. Yeah. Forgiving somebody that's hurt you and that just frees up so much of your life. It's good words to live by. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Well, Melissa, we certainly appreciate you being on our show, listening to Oh, for sure. I, I thank <laughs> you. Like I said, I'm always honored when anybody's even interested. Like, like kind of old news, but I... I love talking about Scott. I love talking about my son. Yep. Um, I'm very vocal and I have a lot of support here about that. And it's no, it's it's all a good situation. It's it's really cool to get a, the other side of the story. You know, you just don't get that very much. So it's it's we're really oh, yeah. appreciative you come on in and give us yes. a lot of. In, I like I like seeing the happy ending. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Well, the next time you guys are out, holler at us. We'd we'd okay. love to meet you. 
Okay. Sounds great. Gonna right. call you this year. <laughs> All right. Sounds good, Melissa. Thank okay. you again. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, man. That was great, wasn't it? Yep. Melissa, she was awesome. Yeah, we can't thank her enough for coming on here. Yeah. yeah just, her, just agreeing to come on here was amazing. But, man, that was a just an amazing interview. Her attitude and her spunk that she has and the peace that she has gained over this. Mm, it's amazing. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just floored. I'm still amazed by her. Top notch. Yeah, resilience mm-hmm. to bounce back. And her son, too. Yep. Hats off to them. Hats off. Yep. Big hats. Uh, thank you again, Melissa. <laughs> thank you. And uh, if anybody gets a chance, go check out her podcast. Uh, it's Widow We Do Now. Go check, check it out. Yes. All right, Dale. We are going to get out of here. Yep, let's go, man. We want everyone to be safe, be careful, and always be aware of your surroundings. Because the next episode could be about you. This is The, the Crack, Crack House, House Chronicles. Chronicles.